This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We're talking about our own band list here on the program. You know, Ramya with her mind-boggling, we don't, she just won't say it. Me, words that I've been trying to say today on the show that just can't come out right, and it's the same word all the time, or a derivative of the same word. So uh, you'd think the host would, would learn a lesson, Grant, and just, I'll just take this out of the script and use another word. Uh, Grant Hardy, Kelly McDonald, host of the program today. And folks, really wonderful. We have some really what I consider fast-breaking news, some things that we need to address that we talked about on the show. So without further ado, let's bring on the talk Know Your Rights, Danielle McLaughlin. Did you know that everyone has rights? No matter who we are, we all qualify. But what happens when freedoms collide? The answers are rarely simple, but always interesting. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, to talk about civil liberties and human rights on Know Your Rights. Hello, it's lovely to be here today, and I'm very excited. As Kelly says, we have some fast-breaking news, because today we have a return visit from our friend and outspoken disability rights advocate, David Lepofsky. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya, David. Why don't you introduce me as the shy and retiring David Lepofsky, <laughs> just for a little variety? <laughs> that would be a different David Lepofsky, I'm afraid. <laughs> Not our favorite. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Well, last time we talked to you, you were telling us about your organization's attempts to have the Ontario government release the most recent report on the implementation of the uh Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. And I think you have some news for us today. Well, we do, which is that the uh, Ford government here in Ontario finally, last Thursday, uh, made it public. Uh, they received it six months earlier. They were legally obliged to make it public, but they dragged their feet uh, for months and months. Um, I filed a Freedom of Information request for it. The CBC filed a Freedom of Information request for it. They refused to disclose it, saying that that to disclose it would reveal cabinet secret cabinet discussions. It doesn't. I've read it. It doesn't say a thing about cabinet discussions. So finally, last Thursday, they made it public. But they made it as public as quietly as they could. There's no news release. There's no public announcement. No one in the government even wrote us to say it's out. The way I found out about it is I got an email from a staffer at the New Democratic Party. We're nonpartisan, so we work with any party. And I got to say on Friday, saying, by the way, have you seen this? And I said, no. And it was the NDP who gave it to us. So, well, so David, far, I suspect I we, about... we've done more to make it public than the government has. Yes. And, and you know, when, when, I've, when I learned about this, I thought, that's really disrespectful, considering what you had gone through, having your freedom of information request turned down, um, you know, and clearly you are a, a an interested party. And then, oh, by the way, uh, we've quietly made this public, which is, you know, we've buried it like we, we've always wanted to do. Um, can, just just as a brief aside, can you explain what a freedom of information request is and how it's supposed to work? Well, for oh, decades, 
it's been the law in Ontario and in, I suspect, all other provinces and federally, mm-hmm. uh, that the government has to be open and, and uh, accessible to the uh, the public who pay for them, vote for them, uh, and who they're accountable to. And this is one of the ways they do this is by having a law called the Freedom of Information Indi- Individual Privacy uh, Act. And it requires the government to make certain kinds of documents public on request. And this is one of them. And we know it has to be public because the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act says that when the government receives it or after they receive it, they have a duty to place it before the legislature. That makes it public. This is really a principle of democracy, isn't it? That that we have, you know, we have to know what our governments are doing. And uh, I, you know, I personally really appreciate the fact that you just didn't let it go. But now well, that you, yes, go ahead, please. Uh, I just want to explain to, your, to our, 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 our listeners what the report is. So in, from 94 to 2005, a whole bunch of us fought really hard to get the legislature of Ontario to pass Canada's first comprehensive accessibility law, the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act, or AODA. It requires the province to lead this province to become accessible by 2025. It includes a bunch of powers and duties, but we didn't want to just have that passed and and worry that the government may just go to sleep and not pay attention. So there are checks and balances built in. One of them is that every three or four years, there's a timetable, the government has to appoint an independent person to take our temperature. Tell us, how are we doing? How are we, are we making enough progress on accessibility? Are we on schedule? And if not, what more do we have to do? So the report we're talking about is the fourth of these reviews. It was done by a gentleman that the government selected, uh, Rich Donovan. Uh, he submitted his final report last June 6th. The legislature says, the legislation says it has to be made public, and we were trying to get it made public. Which seems an obvious thing to do. Um, but now that you have had a chance to, to read this report, can you give us an idea of your impressions of Rich Donovan's findings? Okay, so it's a mixed bag. There are parts of it that are fantastic and we totally endorse, and there are parts of it that respectfully we don't agree with. But the parts we don't agree with don't undermine the parts we do agree with. And the parts we do agree with are ample uh, to help us make progress. So first, he determines uh, that we are way behind in making this province accessible, that that progress under the Disabilities Act is far too slow, and that the government's failed in its implementation of this law. The current government and previous governments, uh, he concluded that there's virtually, there's little enforcement, um, and that uh, as a result, he concludes, and this is really important, that there is a crisis Uh, in the area of accessibility, and that it actually threatens the health and safety of people with disabilities. And he gives examples of why. So we agree with that. And he then says, we need some crisis measures now. And one of them, probably the most important, is he said the Premier of Ontario needs to convene um, a, uh, a crisis committee that he, the Premier, would chair. And he wanted this to happen fast, Uh, to oversee immediate urgent progress. Now, of course, he talked about a committee to work over six months. 
Over the past six months, the government squandered that period by simply not even releasing the report, keeping secret this crisis declaration. Um, and he made a number of other recommendations that are good, but I just want to sum up, because I don't want to talk too long, by saying there are some in there that we, we really don't agree with. And it doesn't matter because, I mean, it matters because we don't want the government to do follow the recommendations that we disagree with. But the fact that we don't agree with them doesn't undermine the force of the important parts of the report that we do agree with. That's very important. Now, you've mentioned that there have been, what, four previous reports. How does this one compare with the others? It doesn't have a different sense of urgency, or have they all said we're at a crisis level? No, the, the, the first report was 2010. It was right after, you know, five years after the law was passed. It said we need to revitalize implementation. The second report was in 2015. That was 10 years after the law was passed. It ramped up the language, said we need to revitalize implementation. Neither happened. 2019, the third report was released. It was written by our former lieutenant governor, the late David Onley. And he spoke in stronger terms than ever before, but his terms are dwarfed by the uh, the terms that that Rich Donovan used to describe the problem and the the severity of the problem. Which recommendations that were made by Mr. Donovan do you think are most likely to actually be adopted by this government? I can't answer that. Uh, only because this government has been so non-responsive. I mean, the premier has declined every request we've made to meet. He refers us back to the accessibility minister, Raymond Cho, who doesn't even respond to us when we ask to meet. Uh, we haven't met him in, I mean, met him early in his mandate, but it's been at least a couple of years, probably longer. His office doesn't even answer us. So uh, the, the key decision makers don't even talk to us. And this is when he gets independent advice from, and, and, and this is important, when he gets independent advice, the premier does, from the peer, the person they handpicked to do this review, uh, who says it's a crisis, you got to act now. And the solution is deep six the report for six months and, and, and conceal from the public the fact that there is this crisis. Um, doesn't give you a lot of optimism, but that doesn't deter us. We're going to keep advocating. I, I have very little doubt that you that you will continue to do that, David. You know, one of one of the recommendations that I found surprising, and I don't know whether you will find it equally surprising, was the uh, notion that the assistant deputy ministers should have their pay. Um, I don't want to say docked, but uh, altered if they don't actually make the uh, the commitment and to make a difference and, and show that they've done it. Um, have you ever seen anything like that before? Well, it's it's the deputy ministers in the Ontario government. And um, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but that Rich Donovan, who's got a background in business consulting, is mm -hmm. drawing on the model for private business where... Yeah senior executives' performance, their pay is tied to performance. And he's saying, why don't we do this in the public service too? And I think that there is some sense to that. I think it's, that's one of the recommendations we think is a good idea. Wow. Well, I, I, I found it surprising myself because I, I, I couldn't 
just off the top of my head, recall any other place where uh, government employees' performance would actually uh, affect their pay their pay level. But as you say, it, it, it's, it might be worth a try because since things are at a crisis level, um, and I, I don't think that's, I mean, even though Donovan may have been the first to say that, um, did it surprise you to see that uh, in, in in writing that to, to hear that that um, that things have reached a crisis level? Well, no, no, it didn't. No, I, I, you know, I mean, he, his interim report he released last spring was pretty hard hitting. So this is just a logical um, corollary of that. Uh, if I could take a minute, I want to just focus on one of his recommendations that we respectfully don't agree with. Um, yes, thank you. He he said that when it comes to the private sector in Ontario, uh, the government's done a poor job of enforcing. That's we agree. Uh, but his solution is that the Ontario government should try somehow to transfer its jurisdiction over regulating accessibility in the private sector to the federal government, and that the Canada Revenue Agency should be the enforcement body. Now, we got a whole lot of reasons we think this is a non-starter. The first is, uh, it's not constitutional. The province can't just unilaterally hand jurisdiction over to the federal government, even if they like it. It would require a constitutional amendment. We haven't had a constitutional amendment since Pierre Trudeau patriated the Constitution in, like, 1982, as far as I remember. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 don't hold your breath. A while. Yeah. The second thing is, I don't think the feds would want to take it on. They got enough to do, and we don't want them taking it on. The third problem is, we have enough trouble right now trying to get uh, the province, for example, to pass an education accessibility standard that they've agreed we need. Uh, to tear down the barriers in our schools facing students with disabilities. Right now, to get that action, we've got to persuade politicians, you know, in, in Ontario. If, if he got, if, if Mr. Donald, uh, Donovan's recommendations were adopted, when it comes from the private sector regula regulation, we'd have to be persuading a majority of politicians from across Canada now, why should we have to go lobby, I don't know, MPs in Victoria or Moose Jaw or Calgary, who I don't, or, or, or St. John's, who I don't think they're too worried about what voters think in Ontario? Like, this well, would just make, they, it would just make things much harder. they have their own problems with accessibility in every other area. I mean, I, I don't think that there's a single province that's, that, you know, is a shining example of what accessibility ought to be like, is there? And the Canada Revenue Agency, which is already overloaded, and I'm sure not looking for any more work, has no demonstrated expertise in accessibility for people with disabilities. And in any event, the federal government's track record under its own accessibility law, the Accessible Canada Act, is not too exciting. That law was passed in 2019. They have not enacted a single mandatory pardon me, accessibility standard under that act. Yeah, well, unfortunately, so, like, David, we breath. have run out of time. Uh, I know that there's so much more to be said about this, but I really appreciate your joining us today to talk about what turns out to be a breaking news story. Thank you so much today, If David. people want to learn more, go to www.aodaalliance.org. Our analysis is right on our What's New page. 
super. Thank you again. Take care. You too. And have a good holiday break. That was our special guest, disability rights advocate, David Lepofsky, speaking with us today about the newly released independent review of the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act, the report from Rich Donovan. And a happy holiday to everybody. I don't think I will be uh, seeing or hearing people live until the new year. Happy holidays and happy new year to one and all. Danielle, of course, best to you guys, safety and all to, to you, and fantastic work on behalf of uh, all of our team with what you did and David did and making time to bring this to us and breaking it down. Absolutely tremendous, folks. And as David said, you know where to go. Get more info. We have more information for you, ladies and gentlemen, on our program. Talk about tomorrow. See what the gang over at Now at Dave Brown is doing and our closing moment right after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.